Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Impactful Conversations, a platform to educate and inspire. My name is Tafazwan Lovu, and thank you for tuning in to the show. On the show, I interview and speak to individuals who are making a difference in their world, individuals who have a different way of thinking and are forming as leaders in their respective fields. I do this on Instagram Live on my account, which you can give a follow at Tafanlovu, that's T-A-F-A-N-D-L-O-V-U, to catch the future episodes live. Anyway, wherever you're listening to this, I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. In episode 10, I interview Matthew Partridge. Matthew is currently an external consultant for business cash solutions at Investec. He's an entrepreneur and the founder and former CEO of WeTradeForex.co, an organization offering educational advisory coaching services to businesses around the world. He's also the founder and CEO of MyDigiCV, a business specializing in innovational CV solutions for businesses around the world. He and I will be discussing the following topics in this episode today. The first one is the future and the financial challenges and growth opportunities for small businesses in South Africa during and post COVID-19. Matthew's actually written an article about this, which you can read on his LinkedIn profile. The second topic we'll be discussing is positive mindsets, and the third being physical health. This will be the first episode in a transition in the Impactful Conversations journey, in the sense that this episode is actually pre-recorded, as opposed to Instagram Live, which has been done for the previous episodes. I'm excited about this step. It's an important step into the sustainability, growth, and quality of the episodes going forward. So the episodes will be available afterwards on all distribution platforms. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. How are you doing? Yeah, tough. I'm good. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Thanks so much for uh, coming on to the show. It's, it's really a pleasure to have you here. Um, yeah. You know, you and I, I think we've, we've spoken about this for a couple of weeks, and I'm really excited that we could, we could land a date and that we could actually yeah. do this episode. So I'm um, quite excited for what we're going to talk about today. So thanks for coming on to Impactful Conversations. Um, really, really do appreciate your your presence here. Maddie, to, to start off, um, you know, we, we typically sort of start off by getting to know you a little bit. Um, and so I think, you know, we're going to start with a little bit of general Q&A. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, where are you from? What, do you, what did you study? Um, what do you do right. currently? And what are you passionate about as well? Awesome. So uh, originally born and bred Joburg boy, um, but mm. I, did, I did grow up in the UK for eight years. So I'm a bit of a mixed breed between the English and South African culture. Yeah. Um, you can probably see that in my dress sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I studied finance at UJ. Um, okay. And I went and studied a postgraduate degree at business, uh, Gibbs Business School, um, yeah. which is really, really insightful. And currently I'm at Investec. I'm an external business consultant. So what we primarily do is we... We bridge the relationship between the bank and business uh, business owners and entrepreneurs in South Africa. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really exciting. It's like a mixed batch of different things in one, which is really awesome. Amazing. So I'm, I'm going to dive into to one of the questions that we got from from the Instagram Q um, and A. Yeah. And you know, one of the questions was around, you know, do, do you feel like you you took the right career path, and if okay. so, why? All right. So I think. One thing I should sort of begin with is uh, I'm a big believer of intuitive sort of direction. Um, and, you know, at the time in 2019, when I was interning at Investec, this opportunity came around for this role and mm. something just felt right. It felt like I needed to be in this role and it, it seemed like the role that was going to sort of project me, you know, upwards and onwards. Um, yeah. And I must be honest, you know, being in a role now where you're in a bank, which is very analytical and finance related, um, it allows you to really enhance what you study. Um, and, and, you know, one thing I must sort of add is the people at Investec um, are absolutely incredible. So there's that em- emotional intelligence side of it where you've got caring, humble, beautiful people who want to be with you and work with you and help encourage that growth. And then you've obviously got the role, which is challenging in itself um, and so forth. Um, but mm-hmm. if, if I have to answer you honestly, did I see myself working a, in a bank? Probably not. Uh, I'm not sure. It's kind of a very difficult one. You know, I think I think I'm very much a creative. So I've got like the finance side and I've got the fun side. 
And mm. so a part of that, you know, comes out you know, in my creative work and also comes out in my work at the bank. So you know, the empath, yeah. emotional intelligence. But I think, I think it's, it's, a, it's a position where you are for the people and for yeah. the country and for the economy, which is definitely a representation of who I am. And so then yeah. I would say it's a very good fit. Yeah, that's really awesome. That's really awesome. Let's 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 turn it down a little bit. I'm going to ask you some some lighthearted okay. questions. Um, no, a little bit better. But I think you you answered that really really well. And um, right. thank you thank you for sharing that with us. So tell us a little bit about your your daily routine. So you know what's a what's right. a day in Maddie Partridge's life like? Um, right. You know, are you a morning person, evening person? Um, yeah. So what's your sort of your typical day, particularly now, I think, in, in lockdown? How does it sort of go? Yeah. How do you structure your time? How do you manage your time? Okay, so if, if I had to answer this probably like three weeks ago, um, I, I would probably say that it was a completely different routine. Safa, I lost yeah, you there. No, I can hear you. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. I probably have to say it was a, it was a different routine. I mean, um, you know, I was, I've been slowly shifting to a new sort of structure uh, in my life over the last couple months. And, uh, you know, if I have to be honest with you, the last three, four weeks, I've really been pushing this whole new routine. I'm very much a morning person, but when I studied, I was an evening person. So I would be a very much a night owl. I'd work at night and I'd be up late. Um, the reason why I've started waking up early is because I feel like if you, you wake up early, you can get more done, uh, when there's less distractions. Um, yes. I've got a checklist. So, you know, what I try and do is I, I have journals, so I write my journals. Um, mm. I've got a gratitude journal and then a manifestation journal. Uh, yeah. And that's just getting me into the right sort of space mentally for the day. Um, mm. I have a cold shower. I have my herbal tea. Um, yeah. And I meditate and do yoga. But, you know, that's sort of structured throughout the day. So it depends on where it fits in. Um, yeah. And I usually do that in the morning just to set the tone, get my head yeah. right, not let myself get distracted. Mm. Um, mm. and so, yeah, it's been, it's been a profound change. I'm still getting used to the cold showers. Um, <laughs> but I have to be honest, it's, it's, it's been paying off. It really has. You're, been. you're a, you're a brave man to be taken <laughs> in this Joburg winter at the moment. So I, I salute you for that. Look, so, you know, so if restaurants are going to open fairly soon into that, yeah. um, yes. what's the first meal that you are keen to have the moment that they are? I think uh, restaurant burgers are, you know, like the best things you can find. I, I love yeah. a good burger. You know, it's yeah. juicy. It's got everything you need. It's got some chips yeah. and you've got a bit of the carbs. And I just think it's a simple meal. You know, everyone always says, oh, why do you get a burger? You can have a burger at home. But I don't yeah. know, something about a, a nice, you know, uh, burger. Just yeah. <laughs> out for me right now. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. I could not agree with you more. I mean, I... Yeah. I'm looking forward to one of those, really. And the, you know, one yeah. of those which feel like a cheat meal. Those ones. Yeah. Those kind of burgers. It is, it is a cheat meal, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, so Natty, who's your favorite artist um, or band, actually? That's that's sort of the last question I wanted to ask you, sort of this portion. Okay, so I don't, I, you know, I get asked this often, and, you know, I feel like yeah. I don't have a particular band or artist that I'm fond of, but I've got more yeah. genres. There's more sort of, genres that I like align with. Um, and I mean, every day is different. Sometimes you'll hear classical music. Sometimes yeah. you'll hear, you know, uh, indie alternative, but it's mm. very much the, the drum, the drums and the, the instruments uh, with some yeah. voice. It's like symphonies, you know, very yeah. low, not mellow. It's not too, you know, erratic. And, yeah. and so that's my style. I don't have any particulars like Matthew Moore. I love Ben Howard, um, yeah. but I don't want to get too particular because it's, it's music yeah. in general. Good, good choices so far. So, Maddie, let's 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 dive right in, right? So, awesome. you have a podcast. It's it's called yeah. Matter to Mind. And yes. Awesome, awesome podcast. I've listened to a couple of your episodes. Thank Tell you. me a little bit about this. So, what what inspired you to first of all start sort of this journey? And yeah. What inspires you to talk about the topics that you do talk about as well? Okay. So I think for me, I've always wanted to do a podcast. I've always checked out Joe Rogan and the likes, and I thought, oh, you know, it's been so much fun. Just talk yeah. about whatever you want to talk about, have guests on your show, you know, and just really enjoy yourself. And I bought the mic next to me. I bought it probably about four or five months before I actually used it. 
Um, but in that space, I really developed my article writing on LinkedIn. And I was talking mm-hmm. about stuff I really find interesting. And, and a lot of that stuff is neuroscience and psychology and human yeah. behavior. Obviously, with the business and the finance, it's kind of emerged into one. Yes. And I thought, you know, let me let me talk about it. And uh, let me let me kind of I took my first my first podcast was actually an article uh, that mm-hmm. I took into the podcast form. It's kind of like a story. Um, mm-hmm. And that was just to help find my voice. Um, you know, I don't know if you if you agree with this, but, you know, there's times where I feel like I want to do a podcast, but maybe I don't have the voice today. I don't know if, you know, I want to yeah. speak on this. It, it gets yeah. a little bit intricate. You know, it's, it's, it's a difficult challenge. Um, but I think it was just, you know, being inspired by, uh, you know, all these guys that are doing it like yourself. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, watching you start your podcast was like, you know what, Tough is doing it. I've got it. I'm here. Let me just, <laughs> let me do it with him. <laughs> <laughs> but I do agree with you. I mean, it's, it's, it's not as it's not as as perfect a road as people think, right? It, it's not, you know, you you don't just sort of start, and every day you feel like recording an episode, right? There are some where it's like, well, yeah. like I really don't feel like it. Or it's been a difficult week, you know, and, and yeah. all that. Yeah. You you also you also have the sort of overarching vision that you want to achieve, and the yeah. overarching purpose behind what you're doing. So tell yeah. us where can we find it? Where can we find the podcast if we want to listen to it? Okay, so uh, obviously Instagram, there's uh, some links there, and I've also recorded some and put on my page, Matthew John Partridge, and then obviously on Spotify, on Apple Music, and I'm, I want to get it onto YouTube. I just haven't done it yet. I've been a bit lazy, um, but yes, yeah, so obviously the Apple Music and Spotify, that's the, the main sort of spaces that they exist, and Podbean. Podbean is the, okay. the, the podcast uh, yeah. uh, software that I use, so I mean, but no one really goes there. <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> I would recommend to anybody um, who's listening right now to go and check that out and uh, to go give it a subscribe and a, and a review as well. So That'd be awesome. I want to talk about the future of small businesses in South Africa, right? Let's really dive into this topic. Um, you recently wrote an article on LinkedIn um, about this particular topic, I think about two months ago, and yes. you know about the sort of challenges that small businesses were facing. Um, yeah. I want to sort of, for the first part of this, focus a little bit on the South African focus. So let's let's shift to South African, particularly South African focus. Um, right. And sort of in the two months or so since you wrote that article, um, you spoke a little bit about the president's uh, president of South Africa's approach. Um, yeah. And, you know, the challenges that he would have to balance, you know, the sort of um, interest or balance of interest that he would have to take in. Yes. Two months from now. Um, if I ask you to sort of critique his his approach, and rather, yeah. um, I'm I'm more critiquing the intention rather yes. than the implementation. We'll get to the implementation in a second. Okay. But if you sort of look at the approach and the the intention of the approach, and yes. how great that so far. So I think you know Cyril being a businessman, I think you know his strengths lie in in developing and building. Uh, not yes. just in a business sense, but in an economic sense. And so I think, you know, from from his point of view, he thought, you know, the best thing was to you know, secure the lives of the South African population, ensure that everyone yes. is safe and healthy. Um, there will be detrimental effects on the economy and businesses. Um, but, you know, because that's his strength, maybe he mm-hmm. relied on himself being able to pick that up and allow that to grow post-COVID. Um, yeah. I think his intention was sincere. Um I wish he would address the he would have addressed the nation uh, a little bit more. I think there were times where people were like, "Where's Cyril?" You know, we haven't heard yeah. from Cyril. We're all yeah, in we kind of, we kind of missed him a little bit. Didn't we? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And we didn't like, know what he is. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it kind is of he, felt a little bit like. You're right. Is he healthy? Is he okay? Yeah, is he alive? <laughs> um, you know, it kind, yeah. of, it kind of felt a little bit like martial law. Uh, you know, we were yeah. stuck in houses, and I was, you know, what's going on? You know. Um, mm. But I think, you know, in terms of where we are, you know, I, I have a direct link between, you know, the actual business owners in South Africa, specifically specifically in Gauteng, because we shifted, you know, to province and demographics yeah. uh, or geographics. And, um, you know, the one thing I must say, you know, to add as a point is South Africans are absolutely resilient. You know, I chatted to clients from level five down to, to current time. Yeah. And, you know, guys are saying, well, we'll only open at level one. But we, yeah. we're optimistic and we're positive. And you know, then there, there was the odd you know person who was nervous and apprehensive. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. But I think in terms of a, a nation, we are a strong, resilient nation, and I think we, we mm. take everything that comes our yeah. way. Um, yeah. On the economic side, look, it's been tough. I think small businesses have really suffered. It's been a little bit unbiased. Uh, sorry, it's been a little bit biased where you've seen the, the major corporations and the major supermarkets and, and, and businesses open. Um, yes with sort of the same effect, but business, small businesses suffer because they've been restricted. And yeah. so you kind of ask some big questions as to why that is when they're in, that, mm -hmm. in the same group or um, mm -hmm. you know, space. Um, and so I really feel for the entrepreneurs and the business owners, you know, um, on the other side, on the, on the sort of other polarity is, you know, you've got business owners who were trading in the likes of medicine or uh, ethanol. Yeah. And so yeah. when COVID came, they struck it big. You know, I've had some 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 clients who've really, you know, hit gold because their business yeah. is thrived during this uh, coronavirus. And so you've seen this this duality of good and bad and and destruction yeah. and you know success. And, and it's been it's been very yeah. interesting. To observe. Mm -hmm. So you know, if I had to ask you, what are the sort of two or three key financial challenges um, that you know? SMEs face at the moment um, in the current situation and, and at current recording times we're we're in level three but I guess we're now in yeah. what you know is being called quote unquote advanced level three um, you know which is level three but with sort of more relaxed restrictions yeah. Um, yeah what do you think are the sort of key financial challenges that small businesses face at the moment okay so I think it, the first one would be uncertainty so the lack mm. the lack of inability to forecast. Um, yeah. I think the second thing would be your overheads. You know, a lot of businesses are still paying rent. They still have to pay staff, but they're not producing or they're not at full capacity. So um, their margins are more diminished. And mm. then the third one, that would be an interesting one. I think maybe it would be unexpected costs, you know, that this coronavirus has created, maybe having to buy uh, a lot of uh, sanitizer or maybe different equipment, um, uh, and having to get licensing in order to trade certain things. You know, I think it's added a lot of elements beyond what we can see. Uh, yes. And Garth has really been hustling, you know, to make sure that they're compliant and, and in line with regulations. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think you're quite right in the sort of unexpected costs. You know, yeah. a lot of is now sort of a lot of move towards, you know, your hygiene budget is all of a sudden, you know, quadrupled. <laughs> um, yeah. And you never quite that coming in, in January or February, right? Yes. Um, you know, all of a sudden buying a lot of sanitizers, a lot of a lot of PPE, a lot of masks, yeah. and trying to source those necessary um, components to be able to reopen and operate safely. Um, yeah. And, you know, if if you were in charge of a small business, um, right. if I put you front and center of in, in charge of an SME, and an SME okay. that's not benefiting from this time. So you're not in the in the sort of pharmaceuticals or you're not in the manufacturing of PPE or anything yes. like that. Um, what would be your approach right now? Um, you know, how would you how would you talk to your employees um, and you know balance the sort of need for um, employees feeling that actually we we're gonna be okay? Um, yeah. And your own doubts as well. As a small business yeah. owner, because you're also not sure if the business yeah. itself is going to be okay, no. and with that, that includes you yourself, your family, your dependents, and such. What would be your approach um, as a small business owner at the moment, and how yeah. would you balance that with, um, you know, your the approach towards your employees as well? Okay, so I think the first thing I would do is is I'm pretty black and white. So I would probably have a meeting with my employees or the entire business. And mm. I would be honest and I would say, listen, you know, coronavirus has affected us X, Y, and Z. Um, and yeah. these are the implications because it's reality. You can't run away from the fact that it's the truth, you know, that coronavirus mm. has affected on the business. Mm. And then what I would do is I would, I would then probably get a team together um, and start innovating around where our market is and how mm. we can make fall out of that, differentiate, diversify, uh, innovate, and to see if we can and still function within the, the coronavirus uh, yeah. you know, implications, you know, still make a revenue, even if it's not in our direct line of work. Um, mm -hmm. I think what that'll do is that'll create 
uh, a positive energy towards you know uh, employees wanting to find a solution, and it might mm-hmm. even spark some creativity we never saw before. Um, I think I think that the reality is you know and I think if we can speak on an honest truth, I think there are guys, many guys and, and girls out there who are very stressed about you know the implications on their personal life and their family. Uh, I think you know. Luckily, I think a lot of these business owners are very smart, and so they've they've saved for a rainy day. Um, but but if it was me, you know, I, w- I would be honest. Um, but I would always want the best for my employees because if you understand, you know, one employee has a family of four of av- on average. You know, mm-hmm. you're affecting you know not just four people but 40. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And so you know, I think the the reality is you've got to be mindful of of your staff. You've got to work mm-hmm. a way a way around. You know making sure that they still get financially supported. I would probably take a, a salary cut myself as a CEO um, mm. to ensure that whatever balance was left in that, that was then subsidized to the employees to keep the business flowing. I think that yeah. would be my move going forward. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I, I love the, the sort of sent, set the focus on employees and yeah. having an employee-centered approach. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, in this time, I think it's it, it's incredibly uncertain. Um, yeah. Not just as a small business owner, but as a small business employee as well. Yeah. Um, yes. It's incredibly uncertain. So if if I move slightly out of the the sort of small business, but now I remove okay. you from it and I and I say you're an investor, right? Okay. Is is now the right time? Um, to invest into small businesses. So for investors right now who are quite keen to yeah. um, invest, is it the right time to invest in, in small businesses in your opinion? Um, and, you know, what are the sort of risks associated with that? Obviously, you know, the one obvious one is, you know, you invest into a business and the business doesn't make it, right? It doesn't yeah. doesn't survive this sort of time. Um, yes. Do you think it's the right time for people to invest? And could that potentially be part of the, the solution is the sort of investment into small businesses and the support thereof as well? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, in reality, you'll probably find that most of these guys that want to invest will go offshore. I mean, we've seen that for the last, you know, X amount of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, right now, specifically today, I think it's still a bit too early. I think what you'll find is there are going to be guys who want to sell um, because they're desperate. Um, yes. And unfortunately, you'll have the hawks, the ind- certain individuals who will pick that up at a cheap price, um, yes. where it's not really supporting the entrepreneur. So it's kind of a catch-22 because yes. you'll have guys yes. that will capitalize on other people's disadvantage. Yes. Uh, and so for me personally, you know, obviously, these are this is a reflection of myself, not on anyone else. These are my own views and opinions. But uh, I think, you know, it's, it's twofold. There, there will be a lot of opportunity um, right now, but I think personally, I think it would be a bit too early. I think we have to sort of see level three to level one and see really what the damage is because we, yeah. we know there's damage, but we haven't really seen the damage because, you know, some shops are open and some are closed. And I think yeah. when we're fully open and we see, oh, goodness, we go into a supermarket and, and only 50% of the shops are actually open and functioning, then we can understand, you know, the statistics and the damage behind that. And then I think there would be opportunity to see if there's revival, um, to see if there's opportunity to take on someone else's, you know, business that they couldn't, you know, manage. Um, yeah. But I think what we really need is we need a shift in, 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 in the ideology of money. I think there needs to be a mental shift in understanding that these systems that we've learned through years and years and years of an outdated system uh, are not yeah. necessarily wrong, but I'm not saying that they are the best and most utilized and I think there's ways in which we can improve the monetary system and improve the system for the people of, of, of our country, uh, improve the system for business owners and entrepreneurs, uh, yeah. for corporations. And I think everyone can win because if you look at it, it's kind of skewed. Not everyone is winning. Some people are losing. Uh, I think yeah. there could be more of a, a balanced sort of approach when you look at you know the, how the system actually functions. Yeah, yeah. No, excellent, excellent response. I think, um, you know... You're quite right in that we we're not too sure um, yeah. what what the situation is at the moment, um, and I and I can I can I can understand where you're coming from with that. Um, yeah. So what what would you say to someone who is looking to start a business right now? 
Would you okay. say to them, hang on, would you say to them, what industry are you trying to be in, first of all? Yeah. yeah. Or would you say, go for it? Um, you know, try and, and, and see if you can you can actually do it in this in this time. What would you say to someone who's in that in that scenario? Okay, so I have a very interesting answer to that and, and, and I'll tell you why, because um, I feel when a person has an idea, they are passionate and really involved in the thought of manifesting that idea and turning it into a business, right? Now what you'll find naturally is other people are in their own spaces, in their own mental space. So when you display that idea to someone else, you get an answer that's reflective of that person. And yeah. what you'll find normally is you won't have 100% buy-in because when you have the vision, only you have the vision. No one else has the vision. And so yeah. I feel it's detrimental to anyone who wants to start a business to firstly go out and say, should I do mm. this and get advice? I think you've got to know in yourself, is this a good idea? Obviously, support yeah. it with, with evidence and forecasting and, 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 and statistics and so forth. So do your, your research and your mathematics and, and so forth. But mm. I think intuitively you'll know if this is something you want to do, if you're passionately focused on doing it. Because I feel in my case as well, there's been times where you've got an idea and, and you kind of lose the love for that idea because other people say it's not good or it's not something you should do because they yeah. wouldn't do it themselves. Um, and yeah. so I always say be bold. You know, obviously, you'd weigh up the financial implications and understand what costs are involved. Don't get yourself into debt. Utilize debt because the real the real way to make money is to use other people's money. So you utilize the the, the credit or the debt, and you make mm. sure that you build a system that's functional. Um, I think that would really be you know yeah. the, the right way to go um, going forward. And then you don't you know detriment your own you're not detrimental to your own self and your own idea. Um, mm. And you trust your own intuition. And I think the power of trusting yourself, that self-confidence, is, yeah. you know, is, is the most amazing thing. Mm. No, awesome. Awesome. I really love that answer. I think, um, you know, it, it, it really balances the, the sort of desire to start something, but yeah. with the sort of portion that is required. Um, yeah. Generally, in, in starting a business in general, but also in, in this sort of time as well. Yeah. Um, in this, in the sort of really uncertain financial time as well. So, yeah. Lastly, on this sort of topic, you know, what advice would you give to a small business owner? And I know you, you have been an entrepreneur before. Um, yourself, yeah. you've gone through the process of starting and running a business as well. Um, yeah. You know, what piece of advice would you give to to a small business owner who's listening to the show, and you know, who kind of needs that sort of word of advice during this time to to keep them going forward? Yeah. So I think the first thing I need to say is, again, it, it, these are obviously the opinions of myself and not a reflection of anyone else. Um, yeah. But I think one thing that I love about times like this, you know, the uncertainty uh, breeds opportunity. Um, yeah. On a local level, on a national level, on an international level, I mean, you go and see how many businesses were bred during uh, 2008. You know, I mm -hmm. think times like this is really where we birth ideas and we birth yeah. revolutions into new spaces. You know, I'm a pro-digital entrepreneur, so I really believe in the digital space, although I do believe in the human element too, so there's got to be a sort of duality in that space. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, if I had to, to really speak to someone and say, you know, uh, if you needed uh, an input or someone's input like myself, I would say that now is, is a really good time to thrive on any opportunity that presents itself. Um, yeah. And it can be from anything, you know, whether it's investing in a business that's fallen away, whether it's buying businesses that are now being for sale or for sale, or if it's identifying key niches where it's like, well, where are we moving pre-corona, at corona, post-corona, um, identifying, you know, what opportunities are present. I think there's some really intelligent guys out there and girls out there who, who have that ability to spot, you know, yeah. these opportunities. And I think they should just go for it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, you know, if a small business owner is, is listening to that, I think that's that's really impactful. So so thank yeah. you, Matty, for all that. And let's let's move to to positive mindset, right? Um, awesome. I know you're you're a, a big proponent of this of this particular belief, um, yeah. and you know, sort of keeping positive in spite of your circumstances. But tell yeah. me a little bit about this this sort of belief. How where did this sort of come from for you? Um, you know, in terms of the challenges that you've had to face as well, um, you know, how how has this sort of belief come about and, you know, strengthened itself as well in your life? Yeah. So if I'm honest, it, it came through hardship. 
it came through mm. difficulties. I think that's where any form of positivity is bred because you have to understand everything is polarized. And yeah. so you know, on the other side of positivity is negativity and you have to understand what that means. Yeah. And so I think, you know, for me growing up, you know, difficult circumstances and challenges that I faced, mm. uh, you know, home at 16 and, and, and sort of being thrown back into the deep end with certain things and just, you know, implications, you know, in the family and so forth that really made it challenging. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's firstly important to add whoever's watching that I always haven't, I haven't always been positive. I went through a period from about the ages of 16 to 20 where it wasn't happy, go lucky, you know, positive, let's do this kind of vibe. It was very much a dark, cloudy space, you know, and so I really understand and empathize with people who say, you know, they're going through a dark patch because I can resonate with that. Um, but what I understand now, how do you get yourself out of that to to sort of the mindset that you are in now? Um, you know, yeah. so sort of from that sort of mindset where dark sort of cloud uh, or dark yeah. sort of, um, you know, sort of mental state of mind to where you are currently. I think that's that's quite an important thing to to touch on and, and to build on um, yeah. the lessons yeah. that you've learned in that process, if you don't mind sharing. Um, sure. You know, how did you get out of that? I mean, that's such a difficult place to to get out of, of, of uh, into yeah. coming into a positive mindset as well. Yeah. So I think, you know, in my opinion of, of everything is everything's cause and effect. Uh, and so what you'll find is, is you know, uh, if you find yourself in that space, you kind of loop in and out of that space. It's continuous. You can't really see a way out because it's just so clouded and dark and so forth. But uh, I think I recently understood a term that kind of could really give people clarity. And that's uh, the term of transmutation. So you're transmuting that energy into something else, something more powerful. So, so what I mean by that is you're taking that in, in negative energy, you're understanding it for what it is. You're saying, instead of saying, why me? Why am I experiencing mm -hmm. You're saying, well, what does this teach me? What is the yeah. positive element of this? And so I started looking at things with a silver lining. I started saying, well, if we look at science and maths, there, there's a positive and a negative, right? And they attract. So with every negative, there's a positive, And with every positive, there's a negative. And yeah. that can be seen in duality, that can be seen in yin and yang. And so mm -hmm. I realized that although these elements in my life are very negative, there is a positive in every space. Yeah. And so I started shifting out of that sort of cycle and I started breaking through the loops and I started understanding that I was learning more than anything else. It wasn't about being awful. And remember, people have, other people have gone through far worse. Uh, but it was now saying, well, how do I shift out of that consciously and understand that the, this is just a mindset. I'm just trapped in this mindset. I need to get out of it. I need to observe yeah. it for what it is. And I need to transmute that energy into something positive and beneficial. So, you know, I started shifting everything in my life. And that has been progressively happening for the last four years. I mean, maybe more recently I've had more extreme shifts. Um, mm. But really, really shifting and understanding that every negative element in your life has a positive effect. Whether it's right now or four months or four years you will see the positive element of what that brings to your life, but only if you're conscious of, of what it's doing and how you're responding to it. And yeah. so it's like building a relationship. You know, you've got to, you've got to love your, your darkness. You've got to love the shadows of the, you know, the, the depression or the anxiety. You've got to love it because you've got to understand why it's in your life and what's teaching you. And when yeah. you love it and you let it go, you move on and you start realizing you can actually try and take that energy and you can become more positive and more, you know, uh, yeah. opportunistic and, and, and yeah, happy-go-lucky. <laughs> I really, really love that. And I, I, I think it's, it's so powerful to to be able to, uh, you know, take take the negative sort of experiences that we experience in life, which most of the time are out of our control. Um, yeah. You know, you, you, you go through something and everybody does go through something. Um, but as you quite rightly say, you know, how do we take this scenario and take something positive from it? Um, yes. I think it's a really powerful mindset to be in. So in a, in a global pandemic, right? Okay. I mean, you've never seen anything like this, right? I, <laughs> I remember when, you know, sort of this whole sort of thing started, you know, someone said to me, yeah, it's 100 years since the Spanish flu. Apparently before that, there was something before that. And 100 years before that, there was also something yeah. then. You know, this yeah. is like anything that we've seen in our lifetime, um, unless yeah. you're 100 plus. I remember there's a there's a lady, I think, from Spain who um, 
you know, I think survived the previous pandemic before and survived this one as well. And I'm like, wow, that's, yeah. that's amazing. But yeah. for everybody else <laughs> who hasn't um, a pandemic, how do you keep this positive mindset, right? Um, now I'm bringing this to you. We, we spoke about small business owners and we spoke about, you know, how sort of as an employee as well, how do you yeah. sort of keep a positive mindset in that space? But I'm bringing this to you now. Um, in a global pandemic, in a scenario that neither of us could have seen coming, right? If, yeah. if I said to you a year ago that, hey, Maddie, you and I would be confined to our homes for for at least a couple of months, right? Um, yeah. We wear masks, we went outside. Um, you'd tell me that I'm crazy. But probably. how do you keep that positive mindset in this sort of environment where, to be quite honest, there's not a lot of positivity right now? No. Um, Every day we report new cases, every yeah. day we report new deaths, and yeah. every day we, we, we live in fear of, you know, what if this happens to me? And, you know, what if this happens yeah. to somebody yeah. I love? And, you know, somebody who's listening to this might have lost a loved one, um, cool. you know, through the pandemic, or might be, you know, have a, have a loved one who's infected and who's really struggling, and it's and it's not an easy disease to come through. Yeah. But keep that mindset um, in a time like this, and I I suppose that sort of philosophy is built for a time like this. Um, yeah. And actually, everything around you seems bad, but yeah. I'm going to bring you. How do you do that? How how are you sort of adapting to this and keeping that that positive mindset? Okay, so I think, you know, to give you a sort of intricate answer, um, and I quite love this space, so I really, really enjoy this answer, but um, mm. I'm a massive believer of what you think you believe and what you believe you perceive. And so what I'm trying to say is uh, everything that you manifest in your reality from your experiences to encounters all start in the brain and in the mind, okay? And, and so what I mean by that is, is when you are – associating your thoughts with fear, you're most likely going to experience uh, experiences that are fearful, that encourage fear and are negative. And so what I, I realized is the minute I started cutting away these elements of fear that we are projected onto, for example, Facebook, the news, uh, I don't watch the news, TV, I don't really watch in general anyway, um, yeah. and elements where you are constantly subjecting yourself to we're in a pandemic, people are dying, it's crazy, uh, there's destruction. You know, I think it's important to be informed, but I also believe, remember, when, when, you, when you, you're informing yourself, you can decide to hold on to that. And so what I think happens is when you hold on to that, you let it sit in here and it becomes your, your internal reality, which is then your external reality, right? Yeah. And so what I did is I, I consciously said to myself, I'm not going to watch any news, okay? I understand mm. what's going on, and I do read articles to keep informed, but I'm mm. not going to let it sit, in, and I'm not going to dwell on it, because when you dwell on it, you start manifesting that thought process, you start manifesting in that space, um, and, you know, and that in line with a healthy regime. Obviously, you know, everyone went from home, uh, work to home, and, and you'll mm. find that it became chaotic, and yeah. so I needed that structure to say, okay, I need to have structure, to have order. I need to start my day positively, so I write in my gratitude journal, I write in a manifestation journal, and I'm proactive and I'm positive. So I'm already starting the day so that any, if anything negative hits me, you know, I, I, I'm able to handle it, digest it, and process it. Yeah. Um, I think speaking, speaking on behalf of people who have lost loved ones, you know, I can only send them my absolute like, love and, and, and like, you know, heartfelt compassion because I can imagine how tough it must be. You know, and I think not a lot of people are privileges are privileged like myself. You know, I am very privileged. Uh, I'm able to work from home. I still have a job. People haven't got jobs. Uh, I'm still getting paid. Some people aren't getting paid. Um, mm. I've still got food in my, in my stomach. I'm still warm. I'm still able to have a hot shower. So, you know, yeah. you've got to really be appreciative and gra grateful for where you are and understand that other people aren't where you are. However, in that same space, I also believe it, I have the voice then to to bring that positivity to bring that change, to, to encourage others to remain in that you know, positive space. Um, and I think that the biggest thing for me that I've learned just in my like, last four years, and not necessarily during Corona, but even maybe now it's, it's really coming to shine during the Corona, is 
is just being resilient, um, ensuring that I don't hold on to any fear and holding on to, to you know, anxiety. Because when you understand that everyone, it's like global consciousness, right? And, and what I mean by that is fear can be spread, anxiety can be spread, and usually it's spread through media and so forth. And if you let that have a latch on you, it's going to be a ripple effect, a spiral effect, uh, yeah. you know, where you know, you're just going to go downwards into the spiral of, of doom and gloom. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of positivity to it. You know, everything has a positive and ele- uh, negative element. So you've really got to choose where you want to spend your energy and time. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's incredibly profound. Um, and I think really something that we can apply. Um, and I yeah. hope anybody who's listening to this by now, you surely must have your notebook <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I don't know if I'm, I'm that profound yet. I'm hoping I really do want to write a book one day. So maybe, maybe when that book comes out. <laughs> I need time to, to get your signature, Maddie. I, I really will. And um, yeah, right. so let's talk, let's talk physical health. Um, you know, as you said rightly, um, we're all transitioning from, uh, well, I think now, of course, I think there's a lot more people who are going to work daily than before. But there yeah. still is a, a fair sort of amount of people who are able to work from home um, yeah. and are being encouraged to work from home or, you know, and or being encouraged to work from home. Yes. How are you keeping, you know, in shape currently at this time? Um, you know, and, and you know, give us some, some tips on, on that and how you're sort of keeping that physical sort of health side of things going, even though you're not, you know, moving or taking yeah. your 10,000 steps every day, right. you know? How is that sort yeah. of planned out? So in the beginning, I was very lucky. Um, you know, I've got a bit of a garden space here. So what I would do is I'd do yoga in the garden. Um, I would, I've got some weights. So I'd do some weights in the garden. I'd make sure what I'd do is I'd do it in the sunlight. And so I'd make sure I'd always get some form of, you know, sunlight, um, which yeah. would also help me for the physical body. And then when it started getting a bit colder, I started doing more walks. Um, you know, during that six to eight or nine catchment period, I'd do some more walking. Um, and I would do like three Ks a day. Um, and, and then when it got really cold, <laughs> I shifted indoors. Uh, and right behind me over there is my yoga mat. And so okay. what I do is I do stretching and yoga. So it's just making sure blood flow is going. You know, yeah. we're still getting functionality. Um, and, and obviously every now and then going for walks. Um, mm. But I'm very much away from the weights. Uh, I'm not doing any form of running. Um, I'm just trying to eat really healthy um, yeah. and make sure I keep my mind, you know, really healthy. And I think everything, you know, in its balance with the physical body, uh, with a healthy body, healthy mind, uh, healthy lifestyle, it, mm-hmm. it all sort of joins together, you know. Um, so that's really where I'm at in terms of, you know, keeping healthy and keeping fit. And it's funny because I've always said to myself, I'm going to stretch. I'm going to get flexible. And again, like when I played rugby and just be nimble. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> every year comes around and you see the gym and you're like, damn, I need to lift the weights. Um, <laughs> but I'm really grateful because coronavirus is forcing me onto the mat, you know, yeah. and I'm starting to really get some, some, some strength and strength I've never had before, just from stretching, from yoga, um, from some like yoga meditation and stuff. It's been awesome, dude. It's really, really changed my, my body and my structure. So I'm really grateful. Love that. I love that. What do you think the impact of, of, of physical health is on, on self-image? Um, you know, so what do you think, what do you think is the relationship between the two and, and how do you sort of, um, you know, keep, keep both of those things, um, you know, on the up? And so we yeah. spoke a little bit about physical health, but now I just want to bring it back to self-image. Um, you know, what do you think the link is between the two? Yeah. Do you want my ego to answer or do you want me to answer? <laughs> I'm kidding. But I think, look, I'm going to be honest with you, and I think everyone can speak on this. You know, when we're younger, it's all about looking good. You want to, you know, make sure that you've got the best physiques that you can, you know, that very much lives on with us. You know, we always want to look in the mirror and love what we see. That's like self-love. It's a form of self-love. But what yeah. I've realized is that love isn't at skin level. It's it's on a deeper level. It's what value you can bring. It's how you make people feel. And so, yeah. you know, I think you know, you'll find that some the most beautiful people are overweight, the most beautiful people can't walk, the most beautiful people can't, you know, swim or, you know, anything. 
Um, and so I don't think it's a correlation between, you know, uh, the body and, and you know, uh, mental health and keeping healthy and so forth. But I do think in the environment and the society that we live in, unfortunately, we are surrounded by social media and media that tells us we have to look a certain way, that females have to be minus five, um, that they have to be a certain bra size, that they have to fit this mold, that they have to look like this, have this kind of makeup, where guys have to have a six pack and, and 60 inch arms. And I don't believe that's that's a reflection of who we really are because value is not material. It's not it's not you know what you look like. It's what you bring to the table, right? Um, and so I think there's a misconception there, and I think that's that's the unfortunate reality that we live in. Um, but I, I really think that you know it has an effect on your mind when you wake up in the morning and know that you're healthy in body, in spirit, and in mind. You mm-hmm. you have a better, happier, healthier day. Uh, and so I don't think it's it's wrong to to want to be healthy and to want to be in physical shape. Mm. So I think that that for me is is a big thing. No, really profound. Thanks, Matty, for for that. Pleasure, Matt. No question for you. Um, okay. As as we wrap up to close, and um, you you said that you know you you born and bred in in South Africa, um, yeah. but you left South Africa for a time and then you came back. I did. Why stay in South Africa? Um, okay. You know, it's a bit of a it's a tricky question to answer, but that is yeah. the question: is you know why why stay in South Africa? Okay, so uh, maybe give to give everyone a bit of context. Uh, uh, my family immigrated from South Africa when I was eight years old, uh, and so I went over to the UK and I lived there. Uh, obviously, moved there, brand new school, new environment, new people, and I grew up there for eight years, and I loved it. It was a small little town. I went to a public school. Um, it was beautiful. It was really, really nice. Um, but I always yearned somewhere deep inside me. I always yearned to come back. Yeah, for some reason. And I think maybe that was probably the first decision I ever made in my life. I was 16 years old. Uh, mm-hmm. I came here on the day. I went for trials at Saints. I went for 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 an interview at Saints. You know, they they're like, you know, come check this guy out and whatever. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and um, meanwhile I was awful at rugby. So you know, I'm surprised they even picked me. But um, I. I came back to the UK, I went back to the UK and I had an exam and I remember I got a, a message from my cousin saying, you know, you've been accepted, you know, come back. And this was on a Wednesday. So I flew back from South Africa to the UK and I yeah. landed on Sunday. Uh, I then had my exam on the Wednesday. On that Wednesday, three days later, I haven't even had a conversation with my parents. Uh, I was told I'd been accepted. I went home on Wednesday night mm. and I trusted how I felt about it. I trusted, is this the right thing that I need to do? Is this where, where I need to be? And something said I had to come back. Something spoke to me and said, listen, Matt, trust how you feel. That, you know, you've got this opportunity. You don't want to live in regret and say, well, what could have happened? Uh, and so, yeah, I had the conversation with my parents on the Wednesday night. I don't think they believed me. Um, but the reality came when on Saturday that same week I flew out. Sunday I landed in Joburg. And Monday I started school at St. Stidians, which was an all-boys school, never been to a private school. Uh, I've never had really any, uh, like, formal structures uh so it was completely new i was there uh, for rugby you know and i mean uh, i remember the first practice i don't know if you were there i don't know if you saw it but we had a first practice dropping balls missing tackles i was like oh god man i'm in for a run here um, <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think if i had to look back it was the best decision that i ever made because uh just where i've grown in the last eight years has, has been absolutely profound the people i've met the opportunities I've had, the mistakes I've been able to make, um, you know, I've really been exposed to like an abundance of, of beautiful things. And I, I'm so grateful that I chose, you know, to come back. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I think you can speak to me on this, but your heart, your home is where your heart is. And I feel like my, my heart is here. Um, yeah. Whether it's here forever, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll wake up and decide I'm going somewhere else. Um, yeah. But I'm so grateful that it's been a part of my journey, you know, coming back. <laughs> No, I love that. I really love that answer. And, uh, thanks, man. Glad to have you here. And uh, yeah, thank you thanks. For, for making positive change as well um, to the people that, that you interact with, to the people that you know. Um, Maddie, I just want to thank you so much for coming right, on to you. the show, uh, for what has been a, an amazing chat. Um, yeah. Absolutely profound chat. I really loved, um, you know, particularly around the small businesses of Africa and sort of the... Yeah the approach there. 
absolutely love that. Um, yeah. And I loved, you know, your, your sort of concepts around, you know, being positive and, you know, taking positives out of every single situation. Um, as well as, you know, on physical health and how that sort of impacts us um, positively as well. So thank you so much for, for coming on to the show. Um, I really, really would love if we could, um, you know, in the future do another episode. I think we've yeah. we've on some topics, but I think I'd really love to, to chat through other topics with you. Yes, 100%. Um, would love to. I just thank you. I absolutely love your your mindset, your Thanks, your positivity um it's radiant it's it's so thank evident you. pure it's 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 abundant so thank you for that um and thank, thank you for having me um we really really i think appreciate it. and i think anybody who's who's listened to this has felt um positively impacted and has been educated as well um you know which is the the ju- the dual purpose of the show which is to educate and and to inspire and i yeah. think we we have achieved that today so thank you so much for coming on to the show. Thanks, Tapa. I appreciate you having me. Eh? It's been a blessing. Thank you, Maddie. Well, thank you very much for tuning in and listening to the episode. I hope that you enjoyed that, that you impacted positively, and that you found substance and significance whilst listening to the show. To stay up to date with the latest episodes, please subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star rating. You can also check out and subscribe to my episodes in video format on the Impactful Conversations YouTube channel. Just head over to YouTube and search Impactful Conversations. Thank you to all of you who've listened and subscribed. It really does mean an incredible deal to me. But anyway, until the next episode, bye-bye, stay safe, stay healthy, and wash your hands.